All right, update on the West Memphis Three. If you guys don't know who the West Memphis Three are, these are the boys who were accused of murder in the 80s when the satanic panic was going on. And, okay, so if you guys didn't know, I was supposed to do a Father's Day episode. I didn't do that because I was tired and I have proof. Yes, she works overnight. And when she gets gets here in the morning at home, she's bubble asleep. Yeah, (laughs) I knocked the fuck out. Okay, so if you guys don't know about the West Memphis Three, there were three boys that were um, convicted as teenagers in 1994 uh, for the murders of three boys in West Memphis, Arkansas. So, um, they asked the courts to allow new DNA testing. So, guys, rewind to West Memphis Three. They were accused of killing three, um, three young children back in the day during the satanic panic was going on. They were basically targeted. I'm going to say, call it what it is. They were targeted by a juvenile police officer, a juvenile parole officer, my bad. Um, I'm going to read an article for you guys. So this is actually from CNN. The story of the West Memphis Three, whose decades-long murder case was the source for a noted documentary trilogy. I also have the book. Um, is scheduled to return to court Thursday with attorneys for one of the three men seeking access to evidence they want tested anew for DNA. When we say um, evidence, it's actually evidence that was never presented to the courts that could have exonerated them a long time ago because they <clears throat> they took an Alfred plea. <clears throat> so, Jason Baldwin, Damien Eccles, and Jesse Miss Kelly Jr. were convicted in 94 for the particularly brutal murder of three Cub Scouts in West Memphis. The men were released from prison in 2011 after signing Alfred pleas in which they maintained their innocence but acknowledged that prosecutors have evidence to convict them. As part of the plea deal, they were given time served as their sentences. They went in as boys and came out men. How sad to fucking grow up in prison. Uh... In 93, the bodies of Steve Branch, Chris Byers, and Michael Moore, all eight years old, have been left in a ditch, hogtied with their own shoelaces. Prosecutors argue with defendants who were teenagers, were driven by satanic rituals, and that Echoes had been the ringleader. So, during the time of the 93 thing, it was actually a thing called uh, the Satanic Panic. And that shit was, like, crazy. Anything, like, kind of like heavy metal, uh, horror movies, shit like that, it would basically be automatically considered satanic in nature. This January, Echo's attorney filed the petition for new DNA testing saying it might serve to identify the kill- killer or killers and bring justice to the case. Echo's petition asked the judge to approve testing done with the MVAC wet vacuum system. Such testing does not was not available previous times. The evidence was tested. Um... So, this is a related article. This is also an article that I'm reading from CNN. Uh, to 2014, Life After Death. Echoes describes life on death row after being sentenced as one of the West Memphis Three. Keith Chet Crestman is a prosecuting attorney for a second judicial 
District of Arkansas argued in a court document that finding someone else's DNA on evidence could not prove Eccles was innocent given other evidence shown in trial. Chrisman also argued the new technology, rather than preserving physical evidence, it was a one-shot deal that forever alters it. On the MVAC website, the company says it's a sterile wet vacuum. College solution is sprayed onto the surface. They put on background music for y'all. <laughs> so, the collection solution is sprayed onto the surface while simultaneously being vacuumed off the surface. The DNA material is collected in a bottle. Baldwin and Miss Kelly are not party to the petition. If Echo's request is granted and the physical evidence is tested, the remaining defendants could be prejudiced. Um, the prosecutor argued if the testing reveals nothing worthwhile, the physical evidence will be forever altered and will neither notice nor an opportunity to be heard. The remaining defendants will be denied failure. Their future act, my bad, will be denied future act 1780, habeas corpus relief. No prior DNA linked to the, the suspects. The DNA tested in December 2005, sorry, 2005, and September 2007 failed to link the men to the crime. The state Supreme Court in November 2000, 2000 I'm sorry, I keep saying fucking 2010. 2010 and all three could present new evidence in a trial that in a new effort to clear them. Something preempted by the plea deals. The material included hair from the ligature used to bind more and hair recovered from a tree stump near the bodies were found. So there was hair and fibers found and they was actually consistent with Branch's stepfather, Terry Hobbs. While the hair found on the tree stump was consistent with the DNA of a friend of Hobbs, according to documents. Police have never considered Hobbs a suspect, and he, he maintains that he had nothing to do with the murders. Three witnesses who resided next to one of the victims filed affidavits in 2009, with the Arkansas Supreme Court saying they saw second graders with Terry Hobbs the night the bodies were found by police. The statement from the witnesses contradicted Hobbs' statement to police in court, and he never saw his stepson Steve on the day of the murder. Prosecutors said the trial punctures and cut marks. All the victims showed that crimes were part of a sadistic ritual. After the three were convicted, some forensic examiners argue those marks were for animal bites. Because um, when they found the, ba the, the babies, they were babies when they died. Those young little boys. They were in like this murky little water. And they were, they were exposed to the natural elements, which actually include animals, bugs. Yeah, and this is how fucked up this is. I'm going to tell you why. The crime scene was highly contaminated. They didn't conceal the crime scene. They let everybody go in and out of that, that place. So, you know, there was a lot of contamination of a crime scene, which is bad because once the contamination, once the crime scene is contaminated, you don't know if the, uh, the, if the evidence is viable. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, it's jacked up. Mm -hmm. What? <laughs> the prosecution relied on the confession of Miss Kelly, a 17-year-old with learning disabilities. And this is what pissed me off about this trial, was that they went after Miss Kelly knowing that he had learning disabilities. And the fact that because they were he was able to be coerced into making a confession, saying that they did it, but he they didn't do it. I don't think they did it. Because... If they did it, it wouldn't have been like, you know, they wouldn't have been 
They would have been fine every. They would fucking have bolted out of West Memphis. They would have disappeared. Like, literally, they would have took off. But my question is. Why did the why did the stepdad have evidence left around like have like fibers left on one of the kids' tennis shoes? Why was their fr- his friend's hair found near a tree? Like it's, it's just like it's like they're wanting to they're wanting to get caught or something. I mean, it's not that they wanted to get caught; that they thought they could just pan it off on somebody else. I mean, I think his stepdad did it. That little boy's stepdad did it. I mean, if they're saying that, you know, they're saying that he, he, he says he didn't do it, but I think he did. And he's living with that secret. <coughs> so, with coercion, I'm saying it because they were coerced. He confessed after having um, an untaped three-hour interrogation by police. Without his parents or an attorney present, actually, that's against the law. If you're under the age of 18 and you're still considered a child in the eyes of the law, you need an adult with you, um, being your parent or and or a lawyer present. Members of the tree of the three said that they were suspects because they were different, which I believe is true because they stood out. Back then, listening to heavy metal, dressing in black was kind of like a, you know, odd thing for people to see. It's like me being back home, being because yeah, I'm I'm one of those. Alabama, what do you mean? It's not Alabama, it's New Mexico. No, being goth in in New Mexico is kind of like everyone thinks. Everyone thinks you're like. I've seen it all. Shush. Uh, So just saying, like, if you're like a a, a odd odd one person out, you would you would stick out like a sore thumb. Yes. And that's what these three boys did. They stuck out like sore thumbs. That's why they were easy to um, accuse. So, Echoes and Baldwin said at the time they were targeted for being different from the rest of the peers in the small town where they lived. They read different books, wore different clothes, and had different haircuts. So, the evidence against us was based on our personal preferences and music. I remember at one time during the trial, I lived in a record, a Blue Oyster Cult record, and I thought, and I think Prosecutor John Fogelman said this was found in Damien's girlfriend's mother's house. So, this is what I was talking about, about the whole uh, accusations and shit, when we could, based on music, clothes, and whatnot. Um, the killings were a subject of a documentary called Paradise Lost. Um... Just raised questions about the evidence drawing attention from musicians, including Eddie Vader. Yeah, sorry about the ad, ad to the background of YouTube, but just trust me, not, we're not sponsored by those ads. Yeah, we're not sponsored. Um, except by Anchor. Thank you, guys. Uh, Tom Waits and Henry Rollins, who pushed to review the case. Um, because of all that star power and all that, you know them bringing awareness to the case it actually brought more attention to it and this is where they're at now um i feel bad for them i mean they're still they're this just messed up in any way they're still trying to live with this and they're still trying to get their names cleared because you know i don't think they did it i honestly don't 
I honestly don't think they did it. Um, someone else did this, and they were the scapegoat for it. But this is the update. Hopefully, I'll get to a belated Father's Day episode if I'm up to it. So, with that being said, guys, this has been an update with Odd Pods of the Odd Broad, and I'm joined by. Yep, the child. And you've heard that jingle? That's precious. So, um, check oh, you guys later. You can follow me on it's at Cyrus to you or Odd Pods of the Odd Broad on Instagram, or you can follow our TikToks at. The tire artist 17 and it's cyrus to you on tiktok all right so let's check you guys out later